Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. Hey guys, we're back on the Next Level Agents podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Kaufman. Just wanted to record a quick, sweet, short episode this week. I've got a few new interviews and new topics and stuff coming up that we'll probably start releasing next week or the following. And rather than replaying one of our older episodes this week, I wanted to just maybe share share a, thought, a couple thoughts with you from a call I was on. So Friday mornings, I will oftentimes join a weekly Zoom call with Chris Suarez, who is the co-founder of Place with Ben Kenny. For those of you who know what Place is, you know who Chris is. And if you don't know, actually recorded an episode on Place and kind of what it is and why my business, my my business partner, Fred Weaver, and I joined it at the beginning of this year. Uh, so that's a whole other conversation confusing one for a lot of folks as place isn't a brokerage, actually broker agnostic, but nonetheless, I don't want to get too far down that trail. The point is I oftentimes get the chance to join Chris's Zoom meeting on Friday mornings with probably eight or 900 other agents that are, that are part of place. This week's Zoom was interesting to me. And it's one of my favorite topics. It was actually on the subject of influence and having influence and using influence. And the reason I think about this so much is I, I think that when I think of influence, I think of sales, I think of recruiting, and I think of influence as like really all the same thing. I know you might have different definitions for all three, but the reality is all three are are kind of the same. You can't really sell something to somebody if you don't have influence with them. My buddy, Dustin Runyon, who has been a guest on the show numerous times over the years, said to me one time, I uh, said, you can't influence anybody if you have judgment on them, including yourself. And so I think influence is just this really cool thing that is very, I don't want to say all encompassing, but it it is a lot. Like it's not just this one thing of like getting someone to do what I want them to do, which I think is like sort of the dark side of influence that people tend to think about, right? For me, influence is about having the ability to to help people move forward into something that they want or to help them obtain something that they want or including yourself, including ourselves. We're going to have influence over ourselves. In fact, I think having influence over ourselves is super important. So I just thought, I thought I'd share a few things. Chris shared something that I thought was was cool enough to kind of share with you. And then I wanted to go, I it made me kind of think about some of the conversations I've had with, with a, a guest on the show and personal friend of mine, Michael Burnoff, who is an absolute ninja and master on the subject of influence. So I was kind of reviewing some of my notes on a, a few of the conversations I've had with him. And I figured I'd share some of those too. So I'm going to just kind of share some of this and we'll go from there. 
the thing that I really took away from from Chris's talk and that I want to share with you were the what he called the six steps of influence. The six steps of influence. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give those to you. Uh, I, you know, if you look, if type of person likes to take notes, I'll, I'll probably write these down. These are um, I'm not saying this is the be all end all of influence and that this is the authority on it. However, I think this is a really good framework. So let's go through the six steps of influence. Step one is reciprocity. So if you don't know what that is, one of my mentors and friends, John Cheplock, he's actually really the first one that brought this to my attention was the law of reciprocity. And that is something that is as simple as, as humans, it's human nature to want to quote unquote repay each other. What I mean by that is when somebody does something for you, you tend to want to do something for them. Whether or not you realize it, whether or not it's direct, there's this thing called reciprocity that is, I think, just innate in us as humans, where the law of reciprocity, I think, is in absolute motion at all times. And I'll give you an example that probably help you think about in your real estate sales business. If you're a sphere-based business, if you're a referral-based business, you probably have some sort of like client event schedule for the year, or, or you might do something for your clients. Um, maybe that's like a free pie at Thanksgiving or pictures with Santa or take your clients to a baseball game or a movie theater. What you're invoking when you do those things is something called the law of reciprocity because people naturally want to repay you. We have this sort of internal need, again, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, to sort of balance the scales. And so it's a great, it's, I love that it's number one, uh, or at least that Chris listed it first. So the, the law of reciprocity is the first of the six steps in influence. Step two, step two in the, the, the six steps of influence is likability or said another way, having common ground with somebody. So the reality is, is you probably know, so you probably are that person. And if you're not, that's okay, but probably well-liked as a real estate agent, as a real, as a successful real estate professional, who's been doing this, you are probably well-liked by a lot of people. Now, some of you aren't, and maybe that's a area to work on. However, likability, I think is very common with, I don't think, I know that it's very common with influential people. Even if we don't know why we like the person that has influence over us, we it's definitely present. So the law of likability, or said another way, the law of or, or having common ground, that could be something as simple as using something like going to the same college or the same high school or being from the same hometown as a way of connecting and using common ground to gain likability. So second step in the six steps of influence is likability. Step one is reciprocity. Step two is likability. Step three, you've probably all heard of this one, or you've at least heard of the the value of it, which is social proof, right? That's why we, that's why so many agents are talk, talk about reviews and getting reviews from clients and testimonials from clients, the social proof, having somebody else. I used to call this like third party verification is the way I would refer to it. The social proof is the six, is the third of the six steps in influence. Step four in the, the six steps of influence is authority right now. Hopefully this is absolutely you, right? As a real estate professional, when you walk into a room, uh, hopefully and if it's not, then, you know, maybe check this, like you are the authority on the subject matter of real estate, right? When you have the authority, in fact, probably going to misquote it, but John Maxwell, I believe as he used to say, 
the person in the room with the most the the most influence is who has the most authority on whatever subject matter is at hand, right? So if you want to have the most influence in a room, and you probably want to have that with your clients, like having the authority on the subject matter is key to that. So that is the fourth of the six steps. The fifth of the six steps in influence is scarcity. So meaning like, hey, have access to it now, but it could go away. Like that's a, this is a kind of a higher level one, I, I believe scarcity, learning how to, how to put that into, how to put that into play in your business, whether that's like sales or recruiting or whatever, but scarcity. And then the last of the six steps, and I'm going to share a few other thoughts with you is, of influence is commitment and consistency, commitment and consistency. When people know that you are, when you make commitments and you keep your commitments and you're consistent, that is a way to build influence. In fact, what I really like is to me, it's how you build influence with yourself the most. I think number six is, is number one when it comes to having influence over ourselves. And I think that's important to have influence over ourselves so we can sort of get ourselves to do what we know we should do, right? Especially as like real estate professionals, people who are quote unquote, our own boss. Sometimes our bosses aren't uh, like, we're not tough enough on ourselves. So when we're, when we keep our commitments and we're consistent, then we start to build even more influence with ourselves. And I think that's massively important. So those are the the six steps of influence that Chris went over and I, I'm going over them shortly and probably not doing them very much service. But again, those are in order. Step one, reciprocity, or the law of reciprocity. Step two is likability. Step three is social proof. Step four is authority. Step five is scarcity. Step six is commitment and consistency. And again, I just think those are just so darn important. The, the other thing I want to I want to kind of point out that as I started revisiting my notes on influence was a was some notes on a conversation I had with Michael Burnoff. Again, as I've mentioned, I've had him on this podcast uh, several times over the over the last few years, and I was talking to him one time specifically about recruiting. Now, again, I think recruiting and sales are literally the exact same thing, right? And so. I'm going to talk to you about this from a standpoint of recruiting and because actually what I'm going to do to you is I'm going to, I'm going to read to you my notes that I have from this conversation I had with Michael. And if you're not a recruiter, that's okay. So I want you to replace that with like sales listings, something like that. Okay. Um, because I promise it, it's, it's the same thing. So here's the deal. When we approach someone to, to recruit them, our success uh, or our ability to have success is going to be determined by how well we can dig in and have a psycho, uh, psychological conversation. Like the reality is, is like sales and influence and recruiting, et cetera. What it, this is, it's about psychology. We can't sway people by focusing on real estate. We've, we've got to focus on their needs at a subconscious level, right? Most people are running on these things I call programs. And it's not like I named it that a bunch of my mentors, Ronnie Doss, another previous guest and, and dear friend of mine and, and other people, uh, mentors like Brian Clemmer did taught me that word programs. And, and you know what it is when I say program, like you, you get that right. Sort of our default setting. And so because most people, most of the time are running on their default setting, it's almost doesn't make sense at all to talk, to speak logically until we can sort of get under that level to the subconscious. And then we can start to have a more logical conversation. It's you've probably heard the term like 
people decide with their heart and justify with logic or d- decide with their heart, justify with their mind. That That's what I'm getting at here, right? So when we walk into a conversation, this is the thing that we've got to understand about people. Again, whether we're talking recruiting or, or somebody that might want to buy or sell is we are up against their identity. We're up against their like their self-identity, how they view themselves, their self-perceptions, their comfort zones, and the stories they've told themselves. These things are so deeply rooted that we've got to have a strategy in order to deal with them. Converting someone from one side to the other is a matter of influencing them by understanding how they tick, if you will, psychologically, how they think, how they feel. That's actually the key. It's not, it's not about this house is better or this brokerage is better or my this team is better or here's the leads I have or what. That's not it, right? It's actually, we've got to figure out how they tick. We've got to understand them at a psychological and subconscious level. We're more effective when we use communication to create new neural pathways and new ways of thinking inst- instead of trying to overpower their current thoughts, their current patterns, the way they've done things. We've got to be able to interrupt that, their identity, interrupt their thought process that they've built and get people to come face to face with their current situations, right? So th- that's why I say we've got to like, we've got to go below the surface first. We've got to go subconscious before we can start to have that more tactile, you know, conversations, whether it's about splits and stuff like that on joining a team or a brokerage, et cetera. Right. So we've got to, we've got to be able to do that. So Michael has shared with me so much over the years, and those are a couple of my thoughts. And, and just to sh- I'm going to share a few more key points with you before, before I wrap up this, this short episode, but um, key points I took away from this particular conversation with Michael is we've got to focus on psychology, right? So again, if we're going to be recruiting people and again, or, or selling people something, we've got to get really good at having deep consulting conversations with people about where they're at in life. It's critical to have a psychological conversation about what led them to where they are now. This one's key guys, what led them to where they are now, understanding their motivations and their decision making allows us to uncover what's missing where they are right now, right? Because here's the deal. Most people are comfortable. They're good. Things are good. They may or may not be good, but that's most people's natural response, right? And so we've got to find out if you really want to help somebody like move forward, find out what in their experience isn't good. What could be better, right? Even if there's nothing that's not good, what could be better? What could we plus, right? We've got to focus on that part uh, as opposed to selling features and benefits of whatever it is we're selling our team, our brokerage, whatever. We also want to watch our language. Just think about the word change. Nobody likes to change. No one wants to be told they have to change versus the word different, right? It's easier to ask somebody to do something different instead of asking them to change. The difference between the word different and change is radical. Change makes them feel like what they're doing right now is wrong and that they'll have to take on a new identity. I know that sounds deep, but it's true. Doing something different isn't going to feel nearly as difficult as changing, right? Another key point is identity is what holds us back from changing or doing something different. Everyone already has a past identity that they've built around themselves. And if you ask someone to change, you're going to run up against that past identity, which is resistant to change. The key to changing their thinking about the past 
The key is to change their thinking about the past so they don't feel like they were wrong, right? Because here's the deal. When we ask somebody to come over, say, to our brokerage or to come over to our team, the conversation that goes on subconsciously for them is that, oh, you think what I'm currently doing is wrong. You think the brokerage I'm at, I'm at now is wrong. Nobody wants to be told that they're wrong, just like they don't want to have to change, right? Subconsciously, they don't do it. If people actually made more money and they got what they want, their identity would change, which is scary. This is the other thing that you're up against is when you're offering somebody, say, a better option for them that was truly better for them. The thing is, if they accept it and they get what they want, who they are to themselves, their identity is going to have to change. And that is scary for most people. So most people will cling to the comfort zone of what they know. Because without it, they wouldn't know who they are. These are the kind of things that we're up against psychologically. Also in having conversations, and again, we're talking about having influence or building influence with somebody, is we want to focus on not on what's wrong, because again, we don't want to make somebody feel wrong. We want to focus on what's not perfect, right? So in the recruiting conversation, we never want to talk to them about what's wrong with their brokerage. Instead, let's ask maybe what's not perfect about their brokerage. Because if you ask them what's wrong, this is this can easily offend people. Nothing in the world is perfect. And asking them a question in this way allows them to admit that. So what's not what's not perfect about your current brokerage? It's an easier way to get them to open up and be honest with you without having to say that they're wrong right now. Get it? People will resist change even if it's right for them. For people to be open to new opportunities, they have to admit that their current opportunity, their current brokerage, their current team isn't as good as they think it is. And they need to admit that the decision they made up to this point in life is not as good as they thought. See, joining a new company means that they were wrong. I've now said this a few times, right? It means that they were wrong. So in order to leave where they are right now, they have to admit that something's wrong where they're currently at. And that's a shift in identity. And again, that's not something that's easy for people to take on. So we want to get people comfortable with a new identity to help them make, make them want to make a change or make a move. See, even if someone wants to change the fact that someone can actually get them to do so, see how it can just rattle them, right? When people can be totally dissatisfied, totally unhappy at a current, on a current team, at a current brokerage, and just the thought of moving still can absolutely rattle them and they'll stay put. In fact, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of agents who are not happy. They're, it's okay. Like it's okay. Like they're on a brokerage. That's okay. It's not bad, but they're really not happy. And they, but they don't want to move because they can't handle the change. They've got this certain set of beliefs, this box that they put themselves in. And the, the reality is, is if they do something different than what that current box or identity is, that means they have to change. And again, I've said it now several times as well, change is hard, right? And so the reality is, is it's a tough thing for people to do. Another, another thing to think about when you're working to have influence with somebody is that you're not the only person that has an impact on their decision, right? A huge part of people's beliefs are made by our perceptions of how other people see us, whether we want to admit that or not. Now, you're probably in real estate if you're listening to this podcast, and so you know exactly what I'm talking about, the, and, and you see it. it. If it's not you, it's someone you know, you know down the hall in your brokerage or a friend or whatever. People we've got these certain beliefs of our, you know, what our perception is of how other people see us. And 
the people in our lives, how the people in our lives influence by either motivating us to be, you know, enough to be who we are or pissing us off enough to not want to be like somebody. That's a concept I call it not. I didn't coin the term. I got it from a guy named Rob Bell, South Star and North Star, right? Or my, my friend Dustin would say, you can be an example or you can be a warning. Either way, we have these other people in our lives who have influence over us. And w- when we, when we want to change what we're doing or we want to do something different, whether we realize it or not, we think about how is that person going to think if, if I, if I basically admit that I was wrong by now, by now doing something different, see, most people's decisions are not actually made by themselves. They're made by their perceptions of how other people see them. I mentioned my friend, Ronnie Doss earlier, Ronnie used to say it's like their, um, I think the term he used was like their jury. Everybody's got this personal jury. And what he means by that is they, they got this filter of people, the perception of what they think these people, it's usually a spouse or a significant other as part of the jury, uh, family member, close friends, colleagues, stuff like that, where it's like, hey, what are what are they going to think about it? What is this person going to think about my, my new decision, right? And so they've got this personal jury. So you got to understand when you're asking somebody to join your company, to join your team, you're not just asking them to, to join you. You're asking them to then go and sell that decision to all the people that they know. And then they got to risk their identity being questioned. It's a tough one, man. That's, that's really a tough one. I, I think where I'm going to wrap this up and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wind this down now is whether you're trying to recruit somebody to your team or to your brokerage, or again, or if you're trying to get more listings, you're not going to recruit or sell somebody in five minutes, right? My, I have a core belief that it, recruiting is a, process, not an event. It's a process, not an event. And so we can't go into like the f- a first meeting, a first conversation with someone expecting to close them, right? I'm not saying there aren't scenarios, right? Especially if we're talking about recruiting agents, newer agents who are just licensed, that changes, changes like that happen a lot more. But the reality is when we're building a business and we're recruiting employees, or we're recruiting agents to our team or to our brokerage, it's usually a lot more of a process, right? Um, and so we can't go into a meeting just expecting everything's going to be a close. Um, we, we need to understand that this is a process. One way to do that is to end meetings, end your appointments with like, hey, how do you want to proceed in order to keep our conversation going? If nothing else, use that as a trigger, as a reminder to yourself, because we're not going to convert everybody that we're trying to recruit. We're just trying to influence people to make a decision that's right for them, not convince them to do what we want, right? We want to influence people to make a decision that's right for them. We're not trying to convince them to do something. I have another friend, great marketer, also former past guest on this episode, on on this show, Dean Jackson, who's one of the smartest marketing minds on the planet. And he he used to say something or he said something to, to me and, and, to probably millions of other people said a compelling reason is so much better than a good argument as to why somebody should do something. A compelling reason is so much greater than a good argument. Think about that. That is, that's about influence. So anyways, I just wanted to share those thoughts with you guys today. I hope you got something out of this. If not, sorry to have wasted your time today, but if you're hanging out with me still till now, my guess is you got something. Do me a favor. I just got the worst review ever. So true story. 
I pissed somebody off on Twitter. Won't go into it, but let's just say I uh, I offended somebody. And um, he's an MMA fan. He assumed I'm an MMA fan too, and assumed this podcast is about MMA. MMA. And so on on iTunes, he or on Apple Podcasts, I, sh- I should say, left the best bad review of this podcast I've ever read in my life. Like it's scathing and it's so good. Um, I need to balance that out though. So if you have like an extra three minutes in your day today, do me a favor and go leave a positive review, maybe five stars. Got to balance out that one star review and that terrible, terrible, awful, but good uh, review that was recently left for me. So that's it. That's all I got for you today. I've got some special, get some real special interviews coming up soon that I'm excited about. In fact, I'll just tease one of them out now. One of them is going to be with Joe Polish, who I'm interviewing him in a different setting. I'm going to record it and play it on the podcast because when you get the chance to interview Joe, who is a marketing legend and a business legend like him, and also the author of a, a new book called What's In It For Them, that's going to be the subject of our conversation, What's In It For Them, his new book. Yeah, just I got to share it with people. So at any rate, I hope that you found today's episode useful. I hope that you'll help me combat that awesome, terrible review that I recently got on the podcast. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, maybe go give us a four-star rating over on uh, Spotify. That'd be awesome. So that's it. That's all I got today. Hope you're having an amazing day. Go kick ass the rest of this week and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.